Welcome back, chumps. We're here to talk about football, our favorite sport right now. <laughs> Joining me, as always, no matter what the circumstances are, John and Nate, how are you doing after the most depressing Chiefs game you have ever seen? Oh, <laughs> uh, I may have been rock bottom this Sunday. It was the first time in many, many years where I've, I've turned a Chiefs game off before it was over. And because we were losing, because we were blowing a team out. Nobody turns uh, it off when we're winning. I have done that before. I've been like, all right, this is over. I got other things I can do, other games to watch. But nope, this time I turned off CBS. I turned off Red Zone. I turned off my phone, threw it in the corner of my room. I didn't want to look at it. I wanted to pretend like football didn't exist and that the Chiefs were still a good team. But none of that is true. Um, now we're three and four. And my fantasy team's got absolutely shellacked this week. So just uh, <laughs> cherry on top. John, but yeah, I'm loving life. John, did you have similar experiences? Uh, yeah, so I actually I turned off the game too, almost the same time that Nate did, um, ironically. Uh, <laughs> and I, I went and did a little research because we were joking about this before the show. If you guys had to guess, when was the last time the Chiefs scored three or less points? Oh, shoot. I know this. Should I look it up? I, I, it's got to be Matt it. Castle days. No. It's earlier. It's uh, It was the year we went 2-14. and 14. Gosh, That's amazing how good he is. <laughs> That's <crap>. insane. <laughs> oh, man. What year is that? 2000. Was, was that nine? Matt Castle? I didn't think. I think this was Matt Castle. I don't know for sure. Was it 2009? No. What year was it? 2012. It was 2011? <sighs> 12. That. Right. It, before. it was 2012 against Peyton Manning in week 17. We but you had like, the Colts then, right? No. That no. was his first year in Denver. Oh, that's right. Let's see. So, yeah. I'm looking at this game. So, uh, Leighton, did you did you turn off the Chiefs game this week? Oh yeah, yeah I did. I was there. <laughs> what a shock. Did you stay for the whole game, or how'd that go? No, oh, no, no. We we left. Oh, that actually surprises me. I thought you were going to say yeah. I uh, if it was up to me, we would have, but we did not. Did you see Chad Henney take any snaps? No, we left before that. We left, like, I think with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. So. Whoa. Yeah, it's uh, embarrassing. No, our quarterback was Brady Quinn, who threw for 49 yards. Brady Quinn. Wow. Man. Wow. What a name. Dude, wow is right. 49 yards. That's actually insane. That's that's worse <laughs> than Geno Smith. Yeah. So that's the year we went two and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beat the undefeated Packers that year. <laughs> oh. Do you remember that? I do. Now that you say that, that's crazy. Uh, we, that was when uh, Kyle Orton started for us. Oh boy. Oh, that is right. so accurate. Wow. The memories. The memories are flooding in right now. These, these are memories I've been suppressing for a while. <laughs> Dude, that's right, because Romeo Cornell was our our coach, and he was so bad at his job. I remember there was a presser he did, and they were like – and he, the, the reporter was like, why don't you give Jamal Charles the ball more? And he's like, well, how many times did he carry it? And he didn't even know. And it was like eight times, and he's like, oh, we should do that. I'm just like, you're a moron. Rooms is the man, though. I I did. Oh, I gotta love Rooms. I loved him as a D coordinator, not as a right. Yeah, yeah, not as not as head coach. Thanks. I got the year right. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna give myself some props. We went four and twelve in two thousand nine. Just gonna put that out there. Man, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, we start about fantasy. 
before I get too upset again. What, you guys don't want to talk about the Chiefs going to a fourth team? <laughs> no, if, if the audience wants enough of it, which I know nobody does, I'll do my own Chiefs GM podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, before we hit on the Chiefs too much, I know we I've got some some Bears fans that are probably listening to this, and uh, we somehow outperformed you guys this week. So. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> no one's safe. Nobody's safe. Wow. I love it. I'm not bringing you guys down with me. Well, speaking of the Bears, the question of the podcast is, which coaches do you think from Jash underscore Brown 18, loyal fan of the show, <laughs> which coaches do you think are most likely to be out of a job before the end of the season, and how do you think that affects certain players on those teams? And for... Well, to make this simple, just these teams. Or like yeah, just this year, I'll, sorry. I'll, I'll start. Uh, I think Andy Reid is probably the most likely candidate <laughs> to lose his coaching job. And this definitely benefits Patrick Mahomes, the entire Chiefs playing. No, um, I'm joking. But not really. Like, it shouldn't be out of the question. I think he should be playing like his, his job's on the line or coaching like his job's on the line. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I don't even know. Yeah, Matt Nagy probably, um, <laughs> and I think, I mean, I don't know how much that benefits Justin Fields. I think working under a coach for one year, I mean, and then him leaving, I think that could hurt, but Matt Nagy's also just inept at coaching offense. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just, I'm too flustered now. John, do you want to you wanna pass the baton? Yeah, so um, I no, go go a, go with your hot take after. Oh, start with my hot take. Okay. Um, okay. So this one, I don't know. I personally don't think it's that hot of a take because like they've been disappointing ever since the Super Bowl. Um, so I think Kyle Shanahan should probably be fired after this year. I think the team's in a transitional period. I mean, like I didn't know this. Josh Norman plays for the 49ers like yeah you didn't know that no I, I didn't like I, I just think that's pathetic he can't cover anymore at all I mean he couldn't after Carolina but um I think this is a transitional period for the 49ers they have good young talent their defense still is kind of intact um and I think this is a great opportunity to bring in a different a different offense with Trey Lance, try to open it up more than they have in the past. I think they've been too run heavy for um, for you to spend a fifth, their fifth overall pick on a quarterback. Um, you can definitely – oh, third, right. No, who's fifth? Jamar? Yeah. Waddle. Jamar. Jamar. Um, anyway, so – now I – I think that Shanahan should be on the hot seat, and I, I know that's probably not a common one, but um, I would be interested to see what the 49ers look like next year without him. Like, I kind of think that Trey Lance could be the next Justin Herbert, and that's obviously, as we're seeing, that's a high bar, but I do believe in Trey Lance. So next year could be huge for him. Watch out for him when you're drafting. Um, Brian Flores, I think that's pretty obvious. I have a, another bold prediction. This one... I don't know, maybe not so bold. I think that the Dolphins will lose in week nine to the Texans, and Flores will proceed to be fired the same day after the game. Was that your bold take? That is my bold take. Okay. Uh, because I also have a, I have a hot take of coaches that's going to be fired. Pete Carroll, I think, could be fired. Yeah. If they lose the rest of the games until Russell Wilson comes back, like, how do you it's not? more of a testament to rest than a yeah, testament like, to Pete. They were still like, two and four with Gino. Russell Wilson. Gino sucks, though. Like, he's bad, bad. I'm just saying, the coaching hasn't been as good the past year or so, and this year it's been rough. Like, they're not even competitive. I'm just saying. Wow, that's a, that's a hot – getting hot but it's a, it's a name to keep an eye on because i think the owner's impatient and i think we could see some changes in seattle and then they'll actually let russ cook maybe yeah no i actually I, i'm with you on that Layden. truly like i don't think p, p. carroll is really 
that impressive of an NFL head coach. And yeah. you know, for most of his time, he's had he's been blessed with Russell Wilson, who's bailed him out of a lot of probably horrible coaching decisions, um, bad game management. I mean, I think that they had every opportunity to win this game last night uh, against the Saints defense, who's bad uh, typically, held the Saints to 13 points. And I know the Saints do have a good defense, but, I mean, you should be able to move the ball somewhat and, and score 14 points yeah. against a team. They couldn't run the ball. They had – it was horrible run designs. Couldn't get the ball in their playmakers' hands. And you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, figure figure it out. I don't think Geno Smith's that bad where he can't get the ball to those guys. I think, this- I think that was – what was the stat they were slobbering over last night for the Saints run defense? Like, they've allowed 200-yard rushing games in the last four years or something like that. That is my man, Dennis Allen. That is crazy. Like, that That's is actually insane. Dennis Allen, underrated. I know him, by the way. Uh, so, should we move on to the news? What, what, John? What? <laughs> I know him, by the way. So, oh, by the way, guys, did you know I know him? <laughs> did you know? I might have mentioned it. All right. Going on to the, mo- to the news. The news. <laughs> we have to talk about this really quick. From our league, our main league, we had one of the most unique trades happen, I would say. Um, so, first place in the East Division. Jake Neff traded with Kyle Wilmoth. Kyle traded him Devontae Adams. Kyle, by the way, is in last place. He is in last place. Kyle traded Devontae Adams, James Conner, and a sixth-round pick for Calvin Ridley, CeeDee Lamb, and a fifth-round pick. Nate, what do you think about that? Well, I think if you don't know anything about the league – that may sound like a pretty decent deal for Kyle, I suppose, which I don't think it's bad. I, I do think he undersold Devontae Adams for sure. But it was more the fact that Jake pretty much put gave up two guys that he was kind of playing. They were on his bench for most of the season. Like, I mean, he was – Calvin and CD were not both starting at the same time because he has Cooper Cup. And Debo Samuel. So we basically gave him that exact text. He gave up two B players essentially for one superstar who is going to end the season as wide receiver three or better, in my opinion. Yes. And pairs him with Cooper Cup. He has Christian McCaffrey who's going to be returning. Uh, Debo Samuel still? Debo Samuel still. It's, I mean, David Montgomery's coming back. Oh. Yep. It's, it's a, Total lock. Is this quarterback Josh Allen? It is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, if you, you, I think you have to look at it in the context of that in a way where, I mean, Jake gave up nothing. And then, then we can talk about the picks for next year, too. Like a five for a six. Kyle, I think, should have gotten more from that. Yeah, for sure. But um, do you want me to do the news job? Do you want to crystal for it? All right. Miles Sanders hurt his ankle. This is the second half of the game. He's probably going to be out a while. Um, I read something where it was comparative to the Saquon Barkley injury, so expect like two to four weeks, somewhere in that time frame. Um, Kenneth Gainwell would add him if he can. Josh Jacobs, chest, believed not to be serious, but also missed the second half of the game. Um, That was not very competitive. Um, uh, and they have a bye week. I don't think he'll miss the week after. Anybody disagree? All right. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Tyrod Taylor may return this week to play quarterback for the Houston Texans. Nate, how does this make you feel about Brandon Cook? A lot better. Brandon Cooks has been a weird guy to play because, like, he grinds out, like, ugly, like, 15-point weeks. Yeah. I mean, they are not pretty. They are, like, seven receptions for, like, 
70 yards or something like that. It's, it's pretty gross. Um, and I think that is just trying to get their ball in Brandon Cooks, who's really the only big playmaker on that team. And he's really in Davis Mills is not, not good by any stretch of the imagination. So I think Tyrod's an improvement there. I think he'll be a little bit more reliable to get the ball out there. I think this is a very good sign for Brandon Cooks holders. So why did never mind? I'm not gonna get into it. Why did the Texans draft David Mills? Sorry. Um, Michael Thomas set to potentially return this week plays the Bucks. John seems like a juicy matchup. You starting him? Um yeah, I would. But I think he's I think he's very startable. Good deal. Michael Gallup set to return. Um Nate, you have Amari Cooper. Does this impact how you feel about him or C.D. Lamb potentially? So when Gallup went out, unfortunate for Gallup, but I was excited that there were going to be more targets to go to C.D. and Amari, and that really wasn't the case. When that happened, Dallas leaned into their run game a lot more, and Zeke out of the backfield catching passes. Amari's production – so – Okay, Gallup went out week one, right? Like at the end of the game? Is that correct? Somewhere in the middle. Of, yeah. yeah. Somewhere during the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after that, he's gone, he went five points, five points, 15 points, 15 points, 10 points. Uh, with about six receptions per, or six targets per game for those weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this could be like a almost like backwards logic that – Michael Gallup returning could help Amari more in a way. It's almost like the Tampa Bay Bucks effect, where it's like when you can get all of those guys out there, they all are elevated and to some extent. So I, I think it'll be better. I don't know how it can get much worse. Amari's been playing below expectations, I think. True. John, do you think this impacts Dalton Schultz at all? Yeah, that was the name I was going to bring up whenever Nate was talking about the uh, passing options and how they changed. Dalton Schultz, um, so he did, small sample size, he did actually have a decent game week one. I think week two has been his worst week so far this season. Um, If I had Dalton Schultz, which I just so happen to have him in one of my leagues, I don't know if it's our league or if it's the other one, but I think it's the other one. Um, Definitely going to try to trade Dalton Schultz while I still can. Um, I do think he's a good player, but I think they like Michael Gallup more. That's just my opinion, though. I think Blake Jarwin also becomes more relevant when Michael Gallup is playing as well. Michael Gallup, future chief right there. Zach Wilson, out multiple weeks with a knee injury. Um, As a Corey Davis owner, that's very upsetting, but they traded for Joe Flacco, so they got the GOAT. Um, moving on to Malcolm Brown, quad injury. He's placed on the IR, um, so he'll be out at least three weeks. So basically, Miles Gaskin to the moon, hopefully. But that is all the news we have. Did I miss anything, guys? Mm, not that I know of. Uh, what's the latest Chubb update? Is he going to come back this week? I believe so. I also would yes, I guess so. I think he's still listed as okay. He's questionable now. Yeah, on ESPN. I think he's expected to come back. Yeah, yeah. So keep your eye on that. Keep your eye on him if you have. Who is the guy that filled in? De- something. Ernest Johnson. Ernest Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, if Chubb is out, that he's an auto start. But um, yeah, do, just keep do, your eye on, do you think on Chubb's. Do you think if he starts, is Dearness Johnson in the Kareem Hunt role, or is it not as good as the Kareem Hunt role? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't. I would not start Dearness Johnson if Nick Chubb is playing. I, I'd say I'd he's like a Giovanni Bernard on the Bucks. Like he yeah. could either be a really good week or it could be completely irrelevant. And he won't play. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Big risk. That is very fair. All right. Well, hey, great now DFS play actually. That, Honestly, that's though, true. that's yes. a super value. I'd be all over that. I might be all over that. We should do daily fantasy. Yep. I, I think I'm, I actually, I may or may not. Well, yeah, I can say this. I put 20 bucks in DraftKings uh, yesterday, I think. I was listening to the footballers talk about DFS 
one of their older episodes, and I was like, I need to, I need to get back into it. So, I will be getting back into it. You're like, you just have to. Yeah, it's fun. Also, moving on to our main topic, trade talk. To trade or not to trade. So, basically, we're just taking a look at, we came up with a list of nine players who, depending on how you look at them, they've been very good, not so good, or just polarizing to begin with. So, we, you know, we just decided we're going to go through, kind of see what we think about each of them, and just kind of walk you through. So, John, do you want to start off with Aaron Jones? Yes, sir. Aaron Jones, he is running back seven on the year. Just a couple of stats for you, nothing major. Um, he's played less than 75% of the snaps in every game this year. I think that's only relevant in a way just because – A.J. Dillon, um, he's had 10 or more carries in two of the last four weeks. So not a ton, but he's definitely been more relevant. And he's had some decent fantasy production, enough to where he's rostered in more than a half of leagues right now. So that's just one thing that I'd be on the watch for is his involvement. I see both sides of the coin for Aaron Jones. <laughs> I do have him in our league of record, and... I wouldn't be opposed to trading him, especially now that this trade has gone through with Jake and he's got <laughs> a super team. So uh, if anybody's trying to if anybody's trying to challenge Jake or Jake, if you just want to get that much better, hit me up. <laughs> Let me know. What would so you I'm, take? I, Sorry. What would I take for Aaron Jones? Probably like a fourth round category. A pretty value if I'm on the other side of it. Value. I have a fortune. And would you only do it for a draft pick? This team seemed kind of interested. I'm just just, uh, just asking. It's just for the show. In my position so I'm three and four now. Um and I'm borderline making the playoffs not making the playoffs. I personally think with my roster that I could probably beat anybody in the league right now. Like Jake's team, I'm just like ruling him out just because that's just not fair. Chase's um, team is six and one. Chase, yeah, Chase has a good team too. But like Chase is one of those teams I think like on a good week I could beat him. So sorry I was thinking drink water. That is fair. Um, Nate, would you trade or hang on to Aaron Jones in a vacuum? I'm probably hanging on to Aaron Jones. Okay. Just had to ask. Yeah. All right. Well, Nate, let's move on to your first guy, Michael Pittman. Yep. So, Michael Pittman, I have him in one league, I think, but he is league actually tied. What's that? Our league of records. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. Yeah. He's actually tied with Jalen Waddle for wide receiver 20. I didn't even know you could do ties for positions. Hmm. He, he and Jalen Waddle are both wide receiver 20 in, uh, in uh, ESPN. I thought that was interesting. Huh. But anywho, both they have, have the, they have the exact same amount. So, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. They have the exact same yeah. amount of points. Yeah. Um, that, that is how point. ties work. But typically, it's the same value. <laughs> Anywho, so he's wide receiver twenty on the year. He has two touchdowns so far, and now I believe okay. Paris Campbell is on IR, and T. Y. Hilton is now out or questionable uh, moving forward. Um, Wait, what do you do? With Hilton? Hilton? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He just came back. Yeah. I know. He came back. He came back and caught a pass, and now he's hurt again. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, no. T.Y. Hilton, is he even, like, playing anymore? No, he he's two games, bro. His um, one game was decent. But, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, Michael Pittman is definitely somebody I was, like, hanging on to. I was like, if he has a couple more good weeks, I'm personally looking to trade him. Like, I'm just not super confident in – Carson Wentz or the Colts, 
granted, the Colts are playing much better now. They've worked back to three and four on the year. Jonathan Taylor's playing really well. Um, but, yeah, I think for me personally, Michael Pittman's probably a hold. I'm not – I think you can get good trade value for him if you choose to for the reason that those two other players are out. So it's basically Michael Pittman and uh, Zach Pascal are the two wide receivers there. And I think uh, Pittman is – uh, in a upper echelon compared to Pascal, but um, what would you guys do, trading or or not trading? I would I would call him a trade for target, honestly. So yeah. that that's interesting that you would say hold or trade away. Yeah, um, like like what are you wanting for? <laughs> for Pittman, I would it would be somebody that is in, I don't know. He's been. With similar production, but is in a more reliable offense for me, like how I look at the offense. How about Tyler Lockett? But, but like, no, bro. <laughs> Geno no. Smith, Smith is quite possibly <laughs> the opposite of reliable. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> Tyler Lockett is quite possibly the opposite of reliable. Listen, we'll talk about him later. Yes, we will. Yes, we will, Aiden. Shut up, guys. All right. I'm going to talk about my first guy, who I actually own in our league record, Mike Gasecki, the tight end three on the year. Um, The reason I just wanted to point him out, because obviously he's been very good since after week two, basically. Uh, Probably on a per-game basis, he's top two tight end after week two. But concerns are... Tua is still the quarterback. He's been looking good. But Deshaun Watson might go there. <laughs> so that's also something to keep an eye out on. Just thinking like for the rest of the season, Deshaun actually goes to the Dolphins and plays. I think that's an upgrade. Don't know if that's a hot take or not. It's not. But I think it'd be good for the offense. I think that would be in more scoring positions. So I think he would have a lot more success on the downside. Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller are coming back soon. Jalen Waddle was out, so was Will Fuller's been out a while. Scheduled to come back, and that might take some targets away from him. So, Nate, would you trade or not trade Mike Gusecki? I would trade Mike Gusecki. Okay, John. Fire show. Wow. Dump him as soon as you can. Not that good. All right. Well, moving on. We will speak of who would who would you trade for with Mike Gasecki? I mean, would you trade to Okay, Layton, I'm kinda looking at it from your position because you kind of took flyers on two tight ends. You do still have Higby rostered? I do. You have Higby and Mike Gusecki. And, I mean, going into the season, I think those were two guys that I thought would be right next to each other by the end of the year. I thought yeah. they were pretty comparable. Um, would you trade to improve the tight end position, or would you trade to pick up, like, a, a like low-end running back or something? See? Not low-end, but, like a startable running the back. only way i'd trade him is if i could pair him with somebody else and get like an upgraded tight end in my eyes so like a waller i don't think anybody who had kelsey would trade him to me um unless the other player was really good or yeah it just like i'm not trading just gasecki for somebody because i don't think anybody would i don't think people value the tight end position clearly especially this year because waller sure. hasn't been great kittle's been not good and Kelsey is good, but like everybody else is just like, it's just a dumpster fire. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to hold on to him because I don't think there's going to be a deal where I like him, but I would be open to trading him personally. I have an interesting question just real quick. Sure. Both of you, Mike Kosecki from Michael Pittman, are you accepting? Michael Pittman for Mike Kosecki. Yeah. Like if you're if you're Mike Gusecki holder, right? Either way, um, 
Um, it's situational. Let's honestly, say let's say that their tight end is Hunter Henry. Hmm. I think about it. I would definitely think about that, actually. But I'd pick I'd pick Pittman. You would take Pittman. That would yeah. be tough. I'm thinking like if you have Hunter Henry, I'm hoping that you have a lot more depth at wide receiver <laughs> at that right. point. Yeah, like hey, um, Henry so, has been I mean, like serviceable. Sure, not he great. Didn't, serviceable. He had a touchdown last week, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, or two. Yeah. That's a tough question. Uh, that but is a tough question. Rest of the season, Michael Pittman's going to be better. If that's what the question is. But Michael Pittman's also at a position that's not as hard to fill in. Personally, right. so. I, it, it's what, a pretty even one. I. That's what. Where I do you thought. think Mike Gesicki ends on the year? I think that's what I'm having trouble with is like what's going to happen next. I think he's at a ceiling right now. Yeah. So like best case scenario is like tight end three, maybe tight end two if something crazy happens. Worst case scenario, like or like his floor, I feel like is tight end six or seven. But especially with what he's accumulated this year, that could be like a steep drop off and still be tight end six or seven. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's had a couple booms. Yeah, but I don't know. It's kind of tough. So That is. Well, you know it's not tough? Taking a break. So we will be right back after this. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in much higher spirits compared to how it started. So let's just hop right back into this trade talk. John, you put Calvin Ridley. I did. Um, Calvin, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He was part of a big trade today. Um, so he's wide receiver 41 on the year, which is like crazy to say out loud because he was so good last year. Like he was the the hop wide receiver for probably the first half of the season. Um, anyway, double digit targets in every game except for week one, I believe. Week two, one of two. Um, and it just it hasn't worked out. Obviously, like he's he's the forty first forty first wide receiver, and Kyle Pitts is almost also coming on right now. He's kind of starting to break out if you want to call it that. Um, it's not like people weren't anticipating this, but it was probably just a little bit slower than everybody thought. So good and bad things going for Calvin Ridley. Bottom line, I'm going to say he's still a trade for target just because of his tremendous upside. And Matt Ryan has been better in short. Sorry. Yeah, trading. I would second that. Sorry. So no, I, I would... if I, I would seek to trade for Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trade four, hold him if, if you have. I would agree. Because you are going to let him go for a discount. Like, I was very close to getting a deal done with Damian Harris and a draft pick swap for Calvin Ridley, which, like, it's not like it, it filled the roles of what each of our teams needed. But I definitely think, like, in terms of value and upside, I was definitely getting the better deal if it would have gone through. But it did not. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, I would try to trade for him as well, and I hope. Uh, Nate, moving on to your next guy, Daryl, the Barrel Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, so this is kind of like a one of those like timing trade things. Daryl was RB2 on the depth chart for the Chiefs. Uh, Clyde suffered, I think it was some kind of like MCL sprain that put him on the IR, and... He's still expected to be out for a couple more weeks at least. Um, I haven't seen like the exact uh, time frame for him to return. But uh, until then, Daryl is going to be heading the Chiefs' backfield, which isn't saying much. But in his last two games where he was starting, he had 24 points and 8 points. Um, and what do you do with Daryl? I mean, I think this is one, if I have him, you have really, like, three, two to three more legitimate weeks with him. Um, but you could be selling him pretty high right now. Uh, 
for for being on RB for one of the best offenses in the NFL. But what would you guys do? Would you trade Daryl if you have him, or would you just hold him and ride out the storm until until Clyde comes back and then put him in your bench? So I think Daryl's actually going to stick around a little bit, even when Clyde does come back. Like I, the more time that goes by where Clyde doesn't play and the Chiefs look bad, the more that I think that Daryl is going to be incorporated more whenever Clyde does return. So, like, not obviously not more than he is now, but more than he was before when Clyde was healthy. So, if I had Daryl Williams, I would be seeking to trade him for almost anything. Mm-hmm. I would agree because the Chiefs play the Giants, then the Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys after that. And after those, you know, next four weeks, let's just say Clyde, everything's back to normal. Maybe Clyde gets some more work. I don't trust a portion of the Chiefs' backfield, so I would trade him as well. Yep. I think that's all I really wanted to go over with Daryl. Um, I had somebody that was coming to me today. I was on the golf course, actually, with a, with a co-worker, and he was Must be nice. trying to – propose a Daryl Williams trade to me and I wasn't really buying it. I had some running back depth um, and he was asking for more than I think uh, he's really worth. That's fair. Well, I my next guy is also running back kind of in a committee. Mine's Leonard Fournette. Um, running back 10 on the year so far. Um, I don't really have any like stats with this. All I know is um, he's. I don't think he can sustain top ten running back play. So, what would you do with Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I would. I just kind of want to talk about him. He's a man. He's, this is this is kind of a unique one. Yeah, I personally would trade for Leonard Fournette, but that's because like you're not going to be able to trade him for top 10 running back value. Like he's just not that guy anymore. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. granted, I think it depends. Excuse me. I think it depends if the guy you're trading, the guy who's trading away Fournette, I think it depends on if he drafted him or not. Because if he traded for Fournette, he probably paid up a little bit more than he would have liked to. But if he drafted, he definitely got him for a big value, and I think the price would be a little bit lower. I don't think he's a top 10 running back. I think he's top 20. Mm -hmm. But he's still, like, super serviceable and, honestly, a guy I'd like to have on my team because, like, the Bucs offense is so explosive and dynamic. That's fair. I just want to talk about him because, like, obviously the last, like, three weeks he's been pretty good. Um, But he's also scored at least a touchdown in all those games. So – um, and, you know, week six, he scored two touchdowns. So I always just wonder if he's like a touchdown dependent guy. Cause every, you know, the four weeks before that, his high point total was 17, but the other three weeks was basically 11 or less. So you might, I would probably trade him and get somebody maybe more consistent back. Cause I, you know, if he fumbles in a game, I think Ronald Jones could step right up, but I think. Fournette is the lead guy. So if you want to hang on to him, I don't blame you at all. But yeah, I, sorry, I didn't say much about him. I think he's one guy that I'm with John. I'm going to be trading for him or holding him. If I have him, Um, you did talk about his touchdown dependency and like the big weeks that he's had. I think that'll continue. Honestly, Um, uh, they do like to run the ball on the first, first and second down around the goal line. Um, something that surprised me about Fournette is he's beginning some receiving work too, which I think has gone uh, overlooked a little bit. He's been getting about like a little over five targets a game in the last like six or seven weeks. Really the only one was week three against the Rams. We only had three, but other than that, he's had over five in just about every game. Um, and with pretty, pretty good yardage to go with that. Um, so I think that's a makes him a safer and more consistent pick to me and kind of balances out perhaps his touchdown dependency. Do you worry about the targets when Gronk and Antonio Brown come back? 
I think you could worry about that a little bit, but I, just, I think running back checkdowns will always be in, in Brady's system. I think he uses that to set up bigger plays to Antonio Brown. That's how they like to spread the field, I think, mm-hmm. like width-wise. So, I mean, I think, I think that'll sustain and continue. That's fair. Well, I kind of want to pass on back to John for a guy that should be on the Chiefs roster, um, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so in the last four games, Jonathan Taylor has had six touchdowns. Five of them have been on the ground. One of them was a reception. They have an interesting matchup this week with the Titans. Um, And then the next two weeks, they play the Jets and the Jags. He is RB3 on the season, and I I got him in a really good deal about four weeks ago whenever he was, like, RB25, and I saw his upcoming schedule, and I literally salivated nobody. Like, even – so what's funny is the ESPN Fantasy crew, they actually put out a video the day after that I had traded for him why you shouldn't try to trade for Jonathan Taylor because he was, like, done for the year, basically – and I still had full confidence. At this point, I would try to trade away Jonathan Taylor because <laughs> I think he has exceeded uh, his performance cap. RB3 is really, really good. Um, and over that stretch, he's probably running back two behind Derrick Henry, I would assume would be the only one. Um, yes. So he's playing past his potential. He does have like favorable matchups in the next three weeks. So maybe hold him for two weeks. And I, if he has a big game against the jets, I'd try to dump him off and get a lot for him. Cause I think he's good yeah. at that point, especially I honestly, from anybody, I think anybody would be willing to pay for him just because of how good he's consistently been. That's true. I, I would agree. I'd probably trade him as well. I want to circle back real quick. What would you give up for him? What would I give up for Jonathan Taylor? What did you give up? What did you? Oh, what did I? So I received a package. It was I received Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb, and T. Higgins for Ezekiel Elliott, Hunter Renfro, and Mike Davis. That's a good trade. Snag. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I killed that one. You did. That's a good trade. Yep. All right, Nate, Mike Davis, take the floor. Yeah, speaking of Mike Davis, um, so Mike Davis was somebody that I wanted to talk about. I am a Mike Davis owner in a couple uh, dynasty leagues, unfortunately, and I have him in a redraft league as well. Um, he had one point last week, four rushing attempts for 10 yards. He has two touchdowns on the year. We've seen – Cordero Patterson, fantasy monster, uh, get his workload ramped up since week two. Um, And Davis, while remaining, he's remained pretty steady throughout those weeks, even with um, Patterson getting a lot of the shares in the backfield and in the passing game. Um, Davis has still been getting about about 10 points. So he's always been over the 10-point threshold up until last week. But – so he's definitely serviceable to some extent adds running back depth on your team. But, I mean, he I don't know what role he really serves for the Falcons. He's just kind of a guy there, and he's just kind of a guy in the running back position on your fantasy team. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with Mike Davis. I don't really – I can't put a matter – really figure out what he's worth if I was trying to trade him away, and I don't know if I would be giving anything to get him. So he's probably somebody I'm just holding. Uh, if you can get something for him, I'm absolutely trading him away as fast as possible. Um, I, j- I don't think it's going to get any better for him, really. Yeah. I have him in our main league. I have no idea what I'm going to get for him, like if I wanted to trade him. So yeah. the answer is probably nothing. Yeah. With that, I feel like I kind of have to – like hang on to him. I mean, he's still like not a decent. He's not decent. He's not a bad villain. So uh, definitely, yeah. Old. That's what I mean. I mean, outside of last week, he's somebody that you could plug in. I mean, have like ninety-five percent confidence he's going to get you ten points. Yeah, I mean, he's some looks at, at red zone uh, 
red zone work. But yeah, he's he's never going to go off. He's kind of just a security blanket at this yep. point. Yeah. All right, moving on to my last guy, Marquise Brown, wide receiver six on the year. Uh, that's a crazy return for what you paid for him. The main reason I put him on here is because I would trade him because Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins are coming back from injury. And I know, John, you're high on Bateman. Um, and so I think they'll take away targets from him. So if you want to kind of talk about your love for Rashad Bateman. Okay, pump the brakes a little bit. I wouldn't say it's like a love for Rashad Bateman. Okay. I do think that he ha- – okay, maybe, maybe it is a love for Rashad Bateman. <laughs> I think he has it in the bag to pull a Jamar Chase-esque second half of the year. Just because? I tr- I, no, I tr- – well, no, not just because. Um, oh. Lamar has played better than we expected so far. and He's actually throwing the ball. He's used to running it. R- right, and he's kind of thrown it with success. Crazy. Um, kind of like a quarterback. I don't know. Um, but Squirrel finds him out eventually. Yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, lost my thought for a second. Sorry, Mark, Andrews, Mark Andrews hasn't been as great this year either. Um, I expect Sammy Watkins to fade. What do you What do you have? Some, uh, did that offend you personally? I mean, Mark Andrews is the tight end two on the year. Yeah, but like he hasn't been anything like stellar. Like he had one pretty it, spectacular game, but outside that is of that, fair. It's been, yeah, I mean, very average. Like tight end two is kind of like, eh. yeah, um, yeah, you're, no, you're I, right. I think talent prevails, and I think I think Bateman has a lot of talent. So that that is the underlying argument as to why I think. But like when I say Jamar Chase esque, like I don't mean that he's going to be wide receiver six or whatever, like on the year. Like I'm saying that I think he has the attributes and he's in a good offense and I can see him from here on out being like wide receiver 20. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. I have a question. I more of like a proposal. So if you sure. were a Marquise Brown holder and you're trying to get rid of him, he is wide receiver six on the year and it, it doesn't feel like it though. Like it doesn't, no. he doesn't look the part as a wide receiver six. If somebody came to you or would, would you go after like a Michael Pittman and Damian Harris combo for Marquise Brown? Or if somebody came to you with that, would you take it? I'd take it in a heartbeat. You can't turn it down. Okay, let's let's throttle it back a little bit. What's a step down from Damian Harris at running back? My favorite. Melvin Gordon. That's that's an entire floor down. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so, Melvin Gordon. I don't want to say Javante Williams because I think he's about to blow up. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. That was it. That was it. Well, hey, it's still up to you because you're about to just dig me a new grave with Tyler Lockett, so go for it. I'm not going to do that. But, I mean, Tyler Lockett, I think – Everybody kind of has sensed what's been going on with Tyler Lockett and Seattle offense the last few weeks. He, my man, went bonkers week one and two, and it was a total Tyler Lockett setup. It was poetic almost how it was going to happen. It was like I could see those first two week performances and see the rest of the season after that, even though the numbers weren't there. I could see it, and I knew what was coming, and it was going to be a lot of really low point totals and that's what's happened but tyler lockett um yeah since his 31.8 point performance against tennessee week two has eclipsed 10 points once since then and he is now wide receiver 27 on the year and he is almost unstartable at this point, I think, in the Seattle offense. But what do you do with him? Are you asking me? Uh, I'll ask John first. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to make the joke that he's a drop candidate because he's so bad. No, he's, he's not. It was a, I, 
disclaimer. I said it was a joke. Um, Personal. No, so <laughs> if I have Tyler Lockett, I, I'm holding, obviously. Um, if I don't, I'm probably not looking to trade for him. That's just personal bias, though. Like, I think he's a perfectly fine trade for candidate. Don't give up too much. You can get him really cheap right now. It would probably make sense to try to go trade for him. But like I said, I trying to put all buys aside, I probably still wouldn't do it. But yeah, you can trade for him. No, right, right, you're soon late. Okay, you have the floor. So he's on my team. I'm holding him right now, um, basically because I'm fairly confident I'm going to make the playoffs in our league, and. I'm hoping by that point Russell Wilson's back so we get a much better version of Tyler Lockett. Not saying I'm going to expect, like, the first two weeks of the season, but, like, definitely better than five and three points. But, I mean, if you're, like, if you're, like, dominating your league, like, if you're five and two or six and one, and, you know, your flex is your weakest spot and you just have a couple guys – on your bench that are like, you know, somewhat startable that you can trade, but you're looking for a guy that could potentially like blow up and really push you to guarantee you the win. I would argue Tyler Lockett would be a good trade for candidate right now, just because if somebody has them and their team's not very good, they're just, and you come at them with an offer for somebody they not would expect, you can put them on your bench, like I said, and then when Russ comes back, play them. Yeah. I, I would agree that he's a trade for candidate right now. Um, you're kind of building in the fact that Russ is out. What is it? Like at least two more weeks, three more weeks. Minimum one more week, but probably like two or three, if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think he's a hold probably for most people. If you have him, if you have wide receiver depth, that you can plug in. I mean, you're going to sell him at a discount. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, really be looking to do that but if you could get him at a discount i would trade for him um but like somebody that i was wondering like another like trade scenario if somebody came to you and offered t higgins for tyler lockett right now would you take it no if somebody came to you offering emmanuel sanders for tyler lockett would you take it no okay that doesn't make any sense to me. Which one? Both or? Yeah, both of them. Well, because I, I think the reason you hang on to them is for when, you know, for later on in the season. So you're not you're not playing him this weekend or next weekend. Russ might be back in three weeks, and then you have the number one receiver on the Seahawks again. Everything is false that just came out of your mouth. Wait, did we just did we talk about trading for DK Metcalf? I'm confused. I'm just saying he gets more targets than DK when Russell's playing. I'm not saying he's the better receiver, but uh, I retract my. Well, I didn't even say this audibly. Um, yes, if I was getting T Higgins, I would trade Tyler Lockett for T Higgins. Emmanuel Sanders, I wouldn't though. Cortland Sutton for for Tyler Lockett. Ooh. No, not with Judy coming back. Yeah, I think I would trade Tyler Lockett for all three of those people. Brandon Cooks. Oh. I, I don't know. I would highly Brandon consider Cooks for Tyler Lockett, though. I mean, I would like take it in a heartbeat. I was just curious what Layton's response would be. I'd think about it. Hey, ah, never mind. This is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on to the segment of the week. Nate, take it away. Yeah, we're back. Uh, I had to miss this segment last week, um, but I hope they gave you all my seventh winning pick of the year. I hate you. I had the Colts <laughs> plus four versus the 30, 49ers. That was a massive hit. Should have taken the money line. That would have paid out much better. Um, but, yeah, I'm – we're seven and zero going into week eight now. Uh, Layton took a fat L last week on his Falcons minus two and a half pick. What a horrible decision! Um, yeah, yeah, it was a bad point away. How, how's it feel to be a moron? You know, not great. 
All right, and John, another winner. Packers minus seven and a half for skins. Man, Layden, come on. You need a win, buddy. It's my first loss. Leave me, leave me alone. I, I, you know what? You wouldn't let me pick my first one. I have the Cardinals minus six and a half versus the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the – Why don't you tell the people what you were going to do? Because I guarantee <laughs> that they will agree with Nate and I. Tell them. Say it. Fine. My second choice was Jags plus three over <laughs> the Seahawks. And there was another one that you put out there. Yeah. Oh, the Lions one? Yeah, shout out to our Motown folk. Oh, no, the Lions one, no offense, Josh. That was mostly a joke. I don't hate that line, though, but I still I really wouldn't don't put, hate that either. I wouldn't put a ton of money on that. The Cardinals minus six and a half versus the Packers, I, I like quite a bit, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, John, who do you have for this week? Lock of the week, I, this one is like a no-brainer to me. I can't believe that this is even a line. Bucks minus five at the Saints. <laughs> I said this whenever we were talking about it. The Saints are the worst four and two team to ever exist in the NFL, I think. Like, it is, it is a joke. I, I, I don't think they're legit at all. And, like, granted, it's in New Orleans. It's not an easy place to play. But, like, the Bucks are so much better than minus five. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. I, like, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks won by, like, 18, honestly. Like, Bucks are the best team in the NFL right now, in my opinion. I think they're – if I know they lost to the Rams. I think if they played them again, I think there's no chance they lose. I think yeah. that they beat the Cardinals. And I don't know. I don't think there's anybody that can beat them right now. The way that if it's a must-win situation, there's nobody that can beat the Bucks. Like I yeah. think the Bucks could lose, but like if you tell Tom Brady, like if you lose this game, you're done for the year. Yeah, he's not losing. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I think there's this line definitely screamed out to all of us here. I think there's trap lines that are out there this week, but I really and this feels like one, but I don't think it is one. I think the Bucks dominate this game. Another thing that to keep in mind is the Saints, didn't they beat the brakes off the Bucks last year in a game in Tampa Bay? Yes. It was it was a primetime game and I think Tom Brady had like four interceptions or something. Yeah, it was um, in New Orleans. I don't know. If it's same defensive coordinator, they may throw another scheme like that. I think Tom Brady would be better than it and will Dennis Boston this time. Still the defense coordinator. But, yeah, I mean, if they're not going to be able to run the ball against them, it's going to be more difficult for play action. I think it'll be close, but I think the Bucks still do it. Um, my line for this week is the 49ers minus three versus the Bears on the road. Um, I went against the 49ers last week in my Colts bet, um, and I'm coming back to them again. I think this is a kind of a must-win game for both teams. More like both coaches, um, like we were talking about earlier. These are two guys on the hot seat, and I'm going to just take my chances with Kyle Shanahan over Matt Nagy every time. That, that is a good bet. Wait, do we know if Trey Lance is playing? Uh, we don't know that yet. Is I Trey Lance healthy? He missed last week, but I think it could be one of those things like, hey – isn't your foot kind of sore? Yeah, yeah, kind of. All right, let's just sit you out this week. Throw Jimmy out there. Hope, well, I think what their plan was actually to throw Jimmy out there. He plays well and then hopefully trade him to somebody. But the inverse happened. He played terrible. And now they can throw out Trey Lance and be like, all right, Jimmy's done. <laughs> I think the 49ers have a better chance of winning this game if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, though. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think the 49ers like are a better team like everywhere at every position almost but the yes. thing that can make the 49ers lose this game is an inexperienced quarterback that makes inexperienced plays and makes mistakes so I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo necessarily does that I don't know if he'll get win the game for you but he's not going to lose it it's a very low scoring game if you ask me yep but yep yep I think it's a 39 and a half line is uh, that it yeah. Yep. Under for sure on that. Well, that I think on that note, that'll do it for this week. 
guys have anything else to add? Thumbs up, thumbs no. up. Cool. Go Chiefs. <sighs> yeah. Let's bounce back. Start to Darius Tony, by the way. If we lose to the Giants, yep. oh. oh. If we lose to the oh. Giants, just tear it down. Just seriously. So, like, trade Chris Jones right now. Just trade everybody we don't want on the roster next year and then just say Mahomes, go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, fire Andy Reid. I'm just kidding. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Good luck in your games this weekend. See ya. Yep. Thanks, guys.